Hi, friends. Happy Magical Monday. I'm TJ. And I'm Courtney. And you're listening to another episode of the Wish Upon a Sparks podcast. Yeah! Super excited to be here. Super excited that you're here listening. Uh, Courtney, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about National Treasure. Yeah, super excited. This was a fun movie to watch. I haven't seen it since I was like literally like a young teenager. Like I think I saw it like a year after it came out back in 2005. I was like 14 years old when I saw this movie, so... Yeah. This is a nice little blast from the past for me. I haven't seen it in a really long time. Yeah. Like, it's not one, like, a lot of the older movies I watched growing up, obviously, Hercules and things like that. Like, I watch, like, even now as an adult, every couple of years, I watch them, Beauty and the Beast. We watch yeah. it twice a year. But, like, this movie, I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. And it was really exciting to rewatch it. It was fun. Yeah. F- I enjoyed it. Uh, before we go into a plot summary, this is one of those movies just full of tons of adventure, full of tons of, um, it's got the clunkiness that comes kind of comes with these adventure movies, kind of like Jungle Cruise or Indiana Jones or anything like that. But I got to just tell y'all, um, it's, if you haven't seen it, it's a super fun movie. So uh, hopefully you have fun listening to us talk about it today. We're really excited to talk about it. Courtney, why don't you kick us off with a plot summary? Okay. Here we go. Is this his real name? Yeah, that, they, they named him after the historical figure, which is real, really funny. I noticed that, too. As soon as I looked at the plot, I was like, oof. <laughs> this is real life. Yeah, this is real fake life. Okay. <laughs> real life fantasy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin Gates. Who will refer to as Ben most of the time. Yes. That's what they call him, yeah. Is an American historian. Crypto. Cryptographer. Cryptographer. It's a hard word. And yeah, I, in my mind, saw cryptographer. One of those, that's one of those words that you read it differently than it actually is supposed to be pronounced. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you read it in your head, it doesn't sound like it's supposed to. No. Um, I'm very much like a. Sound it out as you go. Sound it out as yeah. I go. No, me too. Me too. Compound words are my friend. Okay. Yes. Um. Anyway, he's that and a treasure hunter. When Ben was a young. When Ben was young, his grandfather, John, told him that in 1832, Charles Carroll passed on a secret to their ancestor of a fabled treasure hidden in America by the Knights Templar, founding founding fathers and Freemasons. Carroll's secret was that was a clue leading to the treasure. Um, The phrase, the secret lies with Charlotte. When, while Ben is convinced by the story, his skeptical father, Patrick, dismisses it as nonsense. 30 years later, Ben's presumably like in his mid-30s because he was like five at the time. So he's probably like 35. Ben and his friend, computer expert Riley Poole, head an expedition um, financed by wealthy Ian Howe to find the Charlotte. It's revealed to be a ship lost in the Arctic. Within the ship, they find a... Um, I don't know how to pronounce this word. That's a weird thing for me. Mersham. Mersham. Pipe. pipe. It's a type of pipe, but that's going to bug me. Whose engravings reveal the next clue is on the Declaration of Independence. When Ian reveals himself to be a crime boss and suggests stealing the Declaration, a fight ensues and the group splits. So really quick, this is going to be a theme that, that, that goes through the whole thing. Ben only wants to find it for the historical value. He, yeah. he wants to basically get honor to his family's name because they've been dishonored because people think they're stupid for looking for this thing. And then he also really just loves history and cares about history. He's not even worried about the money. This Ry- this um, not Riley, the uh, Ian yeah. guy really just wants the money. That's all that it is. So He's just here for the money. He literally for- gave to Ben's research so he could find the treasure and take the money. Exactly. So 
Just so, just so we clear lines, Ben's looking for it for great reasons. Ian is not, all right? So when Ian reveals himself to be a crime boss and just stealing the direct relation, a fight ensues, and the group splits. Ben and Riley report Ian's plan to the FBI, and Abby go chase the National Archives, but to no one's surprise, no one believes them. Ben decides to protect the declaration by removing it from the archives preservation room during a gala event. This his plot summary says removing, but he's stealing it. He has to take it. Uh, obtaining Abigail's fingerprints, he successfully obtains the declaration only to be spotted by Ian's group just as they break in to steal it. Ben tries to leave via the gift shop but has to pay for the decoration when the cashier mistakes it for a souvenir copy. Um, suspecting something is amiss, Abigail confronts Ben and takes back the document. Ian promptly kidnaps her, but Ben and Riley rescue Abigail, tricking Ian by leaving behind a souvenir copy of the declaration. FBI agent Sadesky begins tracking Ben down. It's yes. already a lot so far. Whew. Going, sorry, I don't know why I paused so long. <laughs> Taking a breath. Going to Patrick's house, which is again Ben's dad, um, the trio studies the declaration and discovers an Ottendorf cipher written in invisible ink, which basically is like a code for like line, a word, letter, or something like that. Yes, you have to like match it up um, line by line, letter by letter. Yeah. Um, the message refers to ben- Benjamin Franklin's silence, do good letters. Patrick formally owned them, but donated them to the Franklin Institute. Paying paying a schoolboy to view the letters and decipher the code for them, Ben, Riley, and Abigail discover a message pointing to the bell tower of Independence Hall. Pursued by Ian, they find a brick containing a pair of spectacles with colored lenses, which, when used to read the back of the declaration, reveal a clue pointing to Trinity Church. Ian's associates chase the trio through Philadelphia until they... FBI arrest Ben. Abigail and Riley lose the declaration to Ian, but Abigail convinces Ian to help them rescue Ben in exchange for the next clue. Ian agrees, arranging a meeting at the USS Intrepid. I don't know the how to say Intrepid. It. Intrepid. Okay. Where they help Ben evade the FBI. Ian returns the declaration and asks for the next clue, but when Ben remains coy, Ian reveals he has taken Patrick hostage. They travel to the Trinity Church, where they find an underground passage that appears to lead to a dead end, lit by a lone lantern. Patrick claims it is a reference to the midnight ride of Paul Revere, pointing Ian to the Old North Church in Boston. Ian traps Ben, Abigail, Riley, and Patrick in the chamber, and then he heads for Boston, which was Patrick's intent as the clue was fictitious and he knew that Ian would betray him. Ben then finds a notch on the Meersham pipe, fits into it, and then it ends up opening up a large chamber because it was a lock and like the pipe they found at the beginning fits into it perfectly and it contains the actual treasure with a staircase to the surface. Ben contacts Sadusky, the detective from before, who is actually a Freemason and surrenders the declaration and the treasure location in exchange for letting Abigail go free, giving the Gates family and Riley credit for the discovery and no prison sentence. On a tip from Ben, the FBI arrests Ian for kidnapping and lots of other crimes. Later, Ben and Abigail have started a relationship while Riley is somewhat upset that Ben turned down the 10% vendor's fee for the treasure so the entire collection could go to the museums. But the 1% he did accept has still nestled them all significant wealth. Yes, and that's how it ends. Uh, ben and Abigail walk into their new mansion uh, holding hands. Or actually, she like has this like, cool adventure for him to go on. She makes like a treasure map for him to follow. And Riley drives away in a Ferrari. Yeah. Super cool. It's wild. All right, Courtney, initial thoughts. <laughs> I 
think honest opinions acting is kind of subpar agreed it's a little clunky but even Nicolas Cage very clunky a very clunky but I think it's still a fun adventurous engaging movie agreed Also, mine is with us. I think that this movie has lots of cool aspects to it that reminds me of movies like Indiana Jones, uh, Jungle Cruise, and the like. Um, it's just a fun adventure, and you got to view the movie at that. Is that you can't be sitting here analyzing the, everyone's performance. It's like watching an Avengers movie, right? It's not about it's not about how great the acting is. Sometimes, sometimes it's about the story and how you're following it. So yeah. I totally agree with you. And I thought that this movie was uh, really, I'm going to say fun. It was a fun, fun movie. Yeah. It was adventurous. It was fun. Yes. Yeah. Would, would watch again. Yeah. Would watch again. Cool. I think we have the exact same thought process for uh, this movie. And if we were going to like evaluate it on like a deeper level than we do, I think we would have the similar thoughts, but we're going to go with our first question, which I'll pitch to you. Who's your favorite character? This movie has a lot of characters. <sighs> I think I really like Riley. Mm. Yeah, he's great. I think Riley is probably my favorite character. Yeah, he provides a lot of comic relief, and he's really fun. He's really funny. He is, even though, obviously, Ben um, and Abigail are both very, very intelligent. Yeah. Riley is also intelligent, but because of... Ben and Abigail's like specific almost like niche mm. of intelligence Riley seems very average and I feel like that makes him really relatable yeah it does and, like it's funny he even gets excited at that one point because he knows something they don't know and they've known everything up to this point like they can figure things out they got it and he like figures something out for them and he gets really excited about it and it's really like dang isn't that all how we all like how we all feel when we like get to brag about something we know to some someone who knows everything yeah it's like the similar concept of putting a musician and a painter in the same room and then having the painter talk to the musician and the musician feels stupid and the musician talks to the painter and the painter feels stupid but neither one of them are stupid or not no they just have their own they have their own niche they have their own things that they are I don't know they have strengths strengths passions all those things yeah Yeah, I agree I think it's so cool that you pointed that out I was going to point that out too I'll elaborate on that a little bit too Um, it's like even even amongst similar fields it's like you get like two historians in a room and one's a World War II buff and the other one's an ancient or a medieval historian and they have just they know different things yeah they both are about history they just know different things so yeah their niches really showed their intelligence I think it was cool seeing Riley get excited when he knew something they didn't Um, it says it that multiple times and you even see it with all the hacking stuff that he does he's actually a computer expert so uh, Riley is very intelligent. Oh, yeah. Just different. He just is like, yeah, different. Not historical. Um, my favorite character is Ben. I really like Ben a lot. I also like Abigail a lot, but I really, really, really liked Ben. I liked his commitment to uh, finding the treasure. Um, I liked that he never gave up, and I liked his work ethic, and I also just loved how knowledgeable and how smart he was. Um, yeah. Really enjoyed that. Appreciated that. Uh, what about Lee's favorite character? Obviously, Ian. Yeah. Yeah, Ian was pretty rough. I'll second that. Well, it's funny, though. I have to look at this really quick. Ian was played by one of my favorite actors, Sean Bean. 
Sean Bean plays Boromir in Lord of the Rings. Um, he actually also is a bit of a villain for a little bit of the movie, but he ends up being very, very, very good at the end. And his the scene that he uh, he sadly dies in in the movie is actually one of the most iconic scenes. And uh, Sean Bean, you're an incredible actor. And uh, yeah, I love that he played Ian in this movie. It was really cool seeing him play a role like this. I forgot that he was the one that played it, so that was cool. But uh, yeah, Ian's my least favorite character for sure. Him and all his goons. Yeah, they're not fun. No. Cool. Characters in general. What other characters? <laughs> Sometimes you do not give me a lot to go I'm with. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, characters in general. What? I think Abigail's fun. Yeah, I like her a lot, actually. Yeah. I um, And I think Ben's dad, you come around mm. to him. I'm glad you mentioned him. I love him. And then the FBI guy is kind of... He comes around at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. When you see his ring and you're like, oh my gosh. You're amazing. He's like, somebody's got to go to jail. And, and, and Ben's like, I know the perfect person. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. But. No, I like Patrick. I'm glad you brought him up. I love uh, I love Ben's dad. He was he was the one that's like. He looks I, very familiar yeah, to me. I'm going to look to see what else John he's in. John Voight, Courtney. He's a very famous actor. I don't know his name. She literally was like, oh, this guy looks so familiar. And I was like, this is freaking John Voight. He was in Deliverance and all kinds of other cool I've stuff. I've never seen he's that. He's in an episode of Seinfeld where uh, George thinks that he buys John Voight's car and then he finds a pencil in the uh, glove box and then there's bite marks on the pencil. So he tries to get John Voight to bite the pencil to see if it's actually his car and then John Voight bites Kramer and uh, runs away and then they match up the uh, teeth marks they don't match isn't that funny it's really insane um, anyways John Voight played uh, Ben's dad Patrick and he was great okay what are you looking up right now I'm just seeing what he's in that I've seen mm. lots of stuff I'm sure um, Riley was great. I'm glad you brought him up. But actually, I think that's funny that he was your favorite character because that's a very that's a very uh, very Courtney pick for sure. Um, there's a lot of other like rando characters, but I really just think a lot of screen time, like the goons and then like the FBI agents and stuff. Oh, I love the little kid that deciphers the. Uh, oh, the little kid the is fun. He's yeah, super great. Yeah. Like when Ian hands him the hundred and he's like, "Is this real? Is this real? Are you really? Is this a real hundred dollar bill?" That yeah, was really funny. Um, have you find anything that you're looking on John Voight or no? Yeah. What you got? I mean, Transformers. He was in Transformers. He was in one of the Fantastic Beasts movies. Interesting. This is really it. All that I've seen, to be honest. And okay. sign, that episode of Seinfeld that you're talking about. But okay. other than that, I mean, I don't know. He just looks so familiar, but I guess maybe he's just that famous. Very, very famous, yes. Very, very, very famous. Okay, we're going to go to our next question, if that's okay with you. That is fine. What's your favorite scene? I think at the end, when they um, light the fire in the treasure room, and it just shows how big and like... Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It just is so beautiful, and it's so like... Even the music, it just is like a cinematic, nice, heartwarming scene agreed i totally agree with you i think my favorite scene is when ian gets arrested at the end and he turns around and like Ben's ben is standing, standing there over there like, eh. he kind of like holds his arms up like sorry guys you did like, it sorry. You did. i mean you played the game i played you back yeah um i like that scene a lot i also like the ending scene when um when nick and abigail are like walking back to the house and riley drives away in the ferrari yeah i know it's not always real life but i just love happy endings 
Like, I, I love happy endings. I love when it's like they didn't get the whole treasure for themselves. That was never the point of the movie. But they still were able to get, like, with all the work they put in, they still got that 1% where they probably got around $50 million a piece, which is just amazing. Yeah. Because I think it was like a $10 billion treasure. So 1% of that would be about a hundred million. So yeah. 50 million piece. But, um, yeah, that was great. I love that. Um, least favorite scene. Least favorite scene. <sighs> Probably the whole time they're in Philadelphia. Like after, like when Ian and his goons, like catch up with him, mm, yeah. catch up with them and they're like chasing them through the city. Um, super annoying. Ben gets caught by the FBI. Like that just whole, series of events is just you're just like man the FBI has him how's he gonna find the treasure yeah what's gonna happen here no I agree with you that was a very frustrating sequence you're just kind of like I will admit that that was the stretch of the movie though when that happened though where the movie got like not that the whole movie wasn't good but like but it starts to get really like you start to get really engaged like oh how are they gonna work this out because obviously he's gonna find the treasure it's a predictable movie like he's he's finding the treasure yeah it's like Indiana Jones the Temple of Doom okay where's Temple of Doom yeah it's gonna show up at some point gonna show up we're gonna get out of it there's going to be a resolution at the end, but right. like, how, how are we getting there? Because right now you're in a very sticky situation. Right. I agree. I thought that I agree with you. That's when the tension started building. I think my least favorite scene, honestly, was when like probably the moment when, um, well, one, I actually didn't really like when one of the, the uh, bad guys like fell down the thing. That oh. was, I was kind of like, and okay. You're just like, oh shoot. Here we are. Yeah. Oh shoot. Here we are. And then, um, the moment that you realize that Ian has his dad. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. That's really sad. Come on now. Also, when, when was there time to go get him? Yeah, I don't know. A lot of plot holes. Um, another least favorite, or another favorite scene of mine I'm going to go back to. We'll just do scenes in general now. Um, I love the scene where he like is holding Abigail's hand and he's like, do you trust me? And he lets her go and she falls on the thing and he grabs a declaration. And in most other relationships, that would be unacceptable. But she values the Declaration of Independence just as much as he did. And if that would have fallen off and she wouldn't, he would have like saved her instead of the Declaration. She I, would have been she would not, I think she would have rather like fallen and like gotten hurt or even died and saved that because yeah. they both like love history and it's yeah. like that's important to them. Yeah. So like a lot of people might watch me and be like, oh my God, I can't believe you like let, was going to like save the Declaration of Independence. He's saved her like he made sure he's like he knew she was gonna fall you could thing. tell the thing was rocking back and forth and when it rocked the he certain way it. yeah you could tell that you could literally jump onto the pa- platform below it wasn't right. like a crazy situation exactly which but i just love that scene because it shows like it shows them both like caring for each other but at the same time like caring about what they care about yeah which was super cool yeah. i love the uh the historical and aspect. she's even like i would have done the same thing yeah, like literally, I would have done the same thing. Riley's, Riley's like, <laughs> weird. Yeah, <laughs> same, Riley, same. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, I have to just nerd out for a second on this movie. I love the historical aspects of it because I love history, and I really, really think that this movie did a great job of showing respect to history and, like, how important it is. Like, even when they have the declaration in that room, like, the place where it was signed, and he and like they're, like, looking at him, he's like, what's wrong? And he's like, the last time this document was in this room, it was being signed. Yeah. Like huge, right? Like yeah. that's amazing. Um, stuff like that was really, really cool. Um, as far as the soundtrack for this movie, I thought it was super fun. It gave me, reminded me of Pirates, but not as good. Um, sorry, National Treasure. just not as good as Pirates theme song, but like very like symphonic. No. Yeah. Uh, I really liked it a lot. Um, any other thoughts on like scenes or anything? Characters? I don't think so. I mean, I'll mention a few things. I thought it was really just like very 
almost like heartbreaking at the beginning when Ben is in the attic with his grandfather and his grandfather's like telling him um, what's happening. That was a sad scene. And then scene. his dad comes in and is like, Stop. this is a bunch of nonsense. Like, we're going, say your goodbyes. And you could just tell, I mean, they didn't say this outright, but it was almost alluding to like, okay, we're never going to see you again because this is ridiculous. I'm not dealing with this I'm anymore. not dealing with this. And it was just really sad. And then the scene when his uh, dad saw the treasure was real. Yeah. Was like, and he, they had that reconciliation moment too, where like his dad was like, I'll help you look for it. He's like, you, you yeah. proved that this room exists, even though we didn't, yeah. there's no treasure here. It might be gone. You proved that it exists. And his dad was like, I'll spend the rest of my life looking for it with you. Yeah. That was really sweet. Also another fun scene was when, um, they're like running, Abigail and Riley are like running through the market mm. and she like jumps behind the counter and that lady is like, Oh, what are you? What you doing? Like what you doing? If you're not buying a steak, if you're not a steak, you need to get out. And she's like, Oh, I'm running for my ex-husband. And she's like, oh, that guy? You can say as long as you want. Like, Amazing. It was just funny. I love scenes like that in movies. Um, and then he walks up and he's like, she's like, you need something? Yeah. Yeah, it was really funny. Um, I agree. All right, cool. Movie over or under rated? What's Google say? I don't know. Oh, what does Google say? Google doesn't really tell me, but Rotten Tomatoes... Gives it okay. The tomato meter gives it a forty-six percent, but the audience score is a seventy-six percent. Yeah, I could see that. Seems like more of a crowd pleaser. IMDb says six point nine out of ten, which is let's call it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I'd say accurate. Yeah, it's pretty average. I mean, people joke that like, oh, what's that one episode of American Dad where they talk about Nicholas? The Cage? peanut butter. The peanut butter episode. It's the one where it's all based on National Treasure when he's a member they're trying to figure out the uh, Mr. Uh, the no, monocle. That's not what I'm talking about. No. They say something. Maybe it's not American Dad. I don't know. There's one of the shows that we watch where they talk about. It is. It is. It is American Dad. They do it because Klaus times. talks about it. Yeah. And he's talking about how. Um, oh, it's the hurricane episode. They talk about how. Um, it's Klaus. He's like Nicholas Cage nailed it with National Treasure Two. Yeah. <laughs> and how like every movie before then that he's done is just like trash, and it just is like. But he nailed it with National Treasure Two, and then Klaus is like, and he became a National Treasure Two. two. Yeah. No, there's an episode of American Dad that I actually really wanted to talk about, so we'll go ahead and do that. Um, there's an American Dad episode that models the entire episode after National Treasure. It's the one where Steve does a class project, and it's about uh, uncovering who actually discovered peanut butter, actually created peanut butter. Um, hold on. I'm going to find it. And the entire plot is like a mirror of um, National Treasure. Oof. The name of the episode is Black Mystery Month. Oh, because they the whole thing is that it's Black History Month and Steve has to do a project on, on Black like a, Month, yes. on like a um, Washington Carver in celebration of Black History Month. Steve yeah. uncovers a conspiracy that's yeah. been going on since the Civil War, and the um, the scenes throughout the movie like mirror um, mirror 
national treasure. Like even they, they go down this thing with like his wooden stairs down to this thing. Yeah. But Stan knows about it the whole time. Yeah, because he's part of the. He's part of the nutty. It, it's like the Illuminati, but Illuminati. it's Illuminati. It's a, the, the Illuminati. Illuminati. Instead of the Masons, it's the Illuminati. That's right. Okay, that episode's gonna bug me till we got that out. Okay, <laughs> now I'm good. But um, it's a really funny episode. Um, Obviously, it's probably not aged well, but it is what it is. Um, I think this movie is adequately rated. I feel like people love it. People speak kindly about it. People enjoy watching it. I never hear people say, oh, that movie sucks. I think everyone knows what they're... You're, you're going into a, a Jungle Cruise situation here. It's a fun adventure movie. You, don't, you just don't overthink it. Pop some popcorn. Pour a glass of wine. Have some fun with it. Have some fun. It's not going to be... Yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah, it's not meant to be. It's okay, no. though. It's okay. Um, okay, this is going to be fun. What's a theme from this movie to apply to your everyday life? And I say it's going to be fun because I feel like there's actually a lot of themes like wrapped into this this very uh, fun adventure movie. So I'll, I'll kick to you first. What are some themes that you, uh, you gleaned from this film? I just feel like if you know what you're doing is right mm. and everyone thinks you're crazy... Sometimes you just got to let people think you're crazy and keep on doing it. Yeah. Because you don't know how it's going to change the world. You don't know how it's going to impact other people. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. It's hard because you have to find that balance of like being so confident and bold with what you feel like you're doing, but also teetering that line of like using discernment and wisdom of like, is what I'm doing actually what I'm supposed to be doing? Or am I crazy like everyone says? Like you have to find that balance. And I feel like in this movie, like you can tell Nicolas Cage is trying to like walk that balance out. For sure. Like he, even before he decides that he's stealing the declaration, like he doesn't want to do it, but he realizes like, dang, like this is what our, founding fathers wrote about in the declaration like if something is wrong the power lies within me to change it exactly and so i have to do something to change it and that's what kept him going and i think that's so important is like believe in yourself believe in what you're doing and believe that you have the power to change and if other people around you think you're crazy for that like let them think you're crazy now if people are warning you about hey you're being a little sketchy yeah or like obviously you got to not be weird and actually crazy about it. Like you got to do what you got to do. You just can't be crazy about it. Yeah, I agree. You know, like there's that, there's, there's that weird tension and balance that you got to find. For sure. And I love that. I love that you brought that up. Cause I feel like that it's like, there's so much beauty and following your passions and like, you know, I don't care what people think I'm going to do what I'm supposed to, what I think is right is, is really cool. Um, I think the main themes that I took away were very similar to yours. Um, I really, really liked, like his um, commitment at the end to like the historical thing of like, we're going to give this all to museums. We're not taking this for ourselves. We're not even going to take a 10% finder's fee. We're going to give that all back to the museums, which is take a 1% finder's fee, which is still more than enough, but still I thought that was really, really cool. Um, I really just appreciated his love for history and his uh, commitment to doing the right, the right thing. Yeah. Because uh, there's a quote from a book. I don't remember the author, but Dan Carlin quotes it all the time. He says, even if uh, even if ancient history isn't true, we must believe in ancient history. You must yeah. be- you must believe in history, even if it's not true. Um, I mean, it is true, but there are probably parts that aren't. But 
we've based so much of our society on it that you have to believe it. So I think that it's super cool that uh, he was just dedicated to history and saying, you know, I'm going to preserve this. I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to protect it because it's important. Yeah. thought that was cool. I agree. Super, super cool. Um, any other themes, any other thing about the movie that you, uh, uh, not particularly, I don't think. I, um, I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would, honestly. Yeah. Like, I mean, I really it's a did. fun movie. It's so adventurous. It's so, I don't know. Obviously, this does not happen in real life. But it almost makes me question and wonder how many people after watching this movie walked around different national monuments looking for weird clues to see if there were things hidden. Well, the crazy thing is there probably is. Like, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, and I'm not saying there's any depth to it, but, like, I'm sure there are little things that if you studied, you would figure out, like, that they left, like, what they call God winks, like, little little clues behind. Um, I think that... Um, I think that a lot of people probably watched this movie and were like, let's go on a treasure hunt. No, quite literally. Yeah. Quite literally. Are you doing some research? Yeah, I just am, like, curious, like, how many... While you're doing that really quick, I would like to say that I would like to be in a position like uh, Ben in this movie where I have enough money or that whatever's taken care what of. What is his real life job? So that I can, he's probably a historian, but still like, oh, never mind. He was funded by Ian. Ian probably paid all his bills and stuff because mm. he was really rich. I forgot about that. But like, I wish someone would pay me a bunch of money to be a freaking archaeologist or a historian. Like, that'd be amazing. Like, or maybe I should have went to college and got a degree in that. I don't know. But, um, Yeah. Okay, there's actually not a lot of things that Google says about this. Good. People aren't as crazy as we thought they were. No, but seriously, like, I wish, could you imagine, like, your life being, like, an Indiana Jones or, like, a like a Ben from this movie? Like, I always think about that. Like, obviously, it's silly to think that, and we all want to be Batman, but, like, no one's ever going to be Batman. No. It's not real. But, like, to think about it, like, especially, I'm not saying it doesn't happen for girls, too. Like, you guys have things, but like, as a guy, like, thinking, like, if I could about be... the Roman Empire? Yeah, like, the Roman Empire. Like, if I could be, like, this historian or this archaeologist that could just, like, go find and discover all these things, it would be so cool, but it's, like, if you're gonna do that you got to give your life like you got to dedicate yeah. your whole life to it like you can't just enjoy listening about it like you have to go do it but like you know and you have to study it and get degrees in it and things like that and like obviously i don't think i would have the commitment to actually do it but like seeing it on screen you're like that looks like like i would much rather do that than go be a banker tomorrow like let's wake up and freaking go on like an awesome adventure and study history all day that would be amazing yeah but i can't do that and that yeah. frustrates me well, I have to sit in traffic tomorrow. You think Ben's sitting in traffic in well, the movie? Yeah, he lives in Washington, D.C. Obviously, kidding. he's going to sit in traffic. By the way, we were inspired by this. I think we're going to make a, maybe next year or the year after, take a small trip to Washington, D.C. I'm also very intrigued about the Freemasons. Now, I know a little bit about them, but I really kind of want to do a deep dive on them. You should study more of them. Because sure. obviously, like, some of this is historically accurate, but, like, how accurate of a, a depiction what are the Freemasons in this movie? Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, it is a guy's club. Yeah. Guy's club. and you, But here's my thing. Did people back then pay to be a part of it? And that's why they have the treasure? Well, the treasure wasn't monetary, though. 
The treasure was artifacts. That's the crazy part. That's why it was so historical. It was like King Tut and things like that. They, they had the uh, scrolls from Alexandria and stuff like that. Also, like, I just am really intrigued. Obviously, I don't know a whole bunch about the Freemasons, like I said, but, like, I feel like it's made to believe that this is some, like, American man-made secret society of just men in America. But really, I think this movie, if it's accurate, obviously I don't know for sure, but like how far back does it go and how far is the reach? Because obviously it's not just America. If they have all these artifacts from other countries and other... I mean, obviously, this is just in this movie, but, like, yeah. you know what I mean? No, I agree with you. Do I, they go around the world, or is it just American? Yeah, I think this is how things like this start. I think that you should definitely do some research on it. I don't have all the answers, but um, I think it's an intriguing subject that someone like you would really enjoy. It's something I feel like you would really get lost in, um, in a good way. Uh, so you should definitely do some research. I'm a, I love a good conspiracy. Yeah, me too. I love to deep dive on the Illuminati. The like, Freemasons are not the Illuminati, but they're similar. I know. They're like yeah. a secret society. So I think you should definitely do some... Uh, Maybe I will. Don't dig too deep, though. I don't want you getting killed or anything. I mean, I'm sure if it's on Google, it's not really that secretive. Yeah, true. You never know, though. You never know. No, but you should do some research to figure it out. I think it's like this is super cool. Um, any thoughts about National Treasure? No other thoughts. Cool. I enjoyed this movie. I think you should go watch it. Listeners, if you haven't watched it and you're listening to us now, sorry we spoiled it, but you know what you're getting into when you listen to this podcast and this is your first time and we spoiled this movie for you. Yeah, we really haven't spoiled it. It's still a great movie. Go watch it. Uh, any other thoughts about this movie before we talk about our other topics? No. Cool. All right. Well, moving on, let's talk about the rest of October. We're going to do this every week. October is going to be a fun month for us. We have a lot of really fun movies planned and it is Halloween this month. So we have some cool movies at the end of the month that are going to kind of tailor to that. So Courtney, what do we got next week? Please hold. I wasn't um, prepared she's, for this. She's, she wasn't prepared. I thought I'd give her enough of an lead-in, but apparently I did not. Um, if this was a visual show, which maybe one day it will be, it probably should be, I would do a you tap dance right now. You see me searching my text messages to find what we're doing. Yes, she's going through our text messages. Okay, next week we're doing Fantasia. Oh, I'm so excited. The original one, right? I'm so excited. There's a Fantasia 2000 as well, which I think you'd actually enjoy more, but I want to do the original one. We'll see which one is available to us. Yes. Fantasia or Fantasia 2000, for sure. What's after that? Then we got Halloween Town and then Twitches and then the new Haunted Mansion. Excited. I'm so excited. We love October, November, December. We love Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. I used to be more of a Thanksgiving person, but I think I like Halloween and Christmas more now than Thanksgiving. I love Halloween. I just like fall. I wish Florida had more of a fall, but it is what it is. Yeah, we'll get some cooler I'll weather in about two weeks. Hotter fall, so I don't have to deal with snow. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, we had a really cold winter last year, though. Our Christmas, it was uh, 18 degrees here on Christmas Day. It was probably by, uh, I hate, I, I kid you not, and I think I talked about it on one of our episodes last year. I think it's my favorite Christmas I ever had. Yeah, it, it was, was a good We had a great a time with Christmas. family, and it was freezing cold outside. We got to use our fireplace. Like, for a week. We used it every day. Because yeah. it was we like... We still have firewood. Oh, yeah, I know. So, that week um, here in Florida, it was the rarest thing. It was started on, um, I think Christmas was on a Sunday, right? Yeah. So, it started on, like, Thursday. No, it was on a... S- 
No, yeah, I guess it was on Christmas Eve services were on a Saturday, it was on Sunday. So it basically started on like a Thursday. It got down in the 30s that night, and then it just stayed in at least the 30s every night all the way through Tuesday of the following week. So for like, which in Florida is very rare. So our high during the most days was only like 50. And then on Christmas day, the high was uh, 38 and the low was 17, which is unheard of for us in Jacksonville. Like it only happens once every couple, like probably decade. So we had like a true Christmas. It was like really cold, almost snowed. Um, yeah. And we had to use our fireplace. So it was great. I don't know why we're talking about Christmas right now. I'm sorry. Um, I'm just looking forward yeah, to it. But anywho, watch National Treasure and join us next week for... Fantasia. Cool. Any other thoughts, comments, concerns? No. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate you. We love you so much. Um, we really, really do. Um, we love doing this, and we love that you guys listen. We're just grateful that you do. We hope you have a Yay. great magical Monday, great magical rest of your week, and we can't wait to see you next week for... Fantasia. Have a great week, friends. Woo. Bye.